With nearly 20 years of leadership experience in college athletics, Jessica Grasso is motivated by the belief that sports is a great benefit to one's development. Jessica understands the importance of people and the need to be both a partner and a leader. Her luminous leadership style and approachable demeanor make it easy for her to collaborate and engage with diverse stakeholders while developing policies, establishing budgets, managing investment plans, and developing personnel for the Collegiate Athletic Conference. And as she contributes to the growth and development of NCAA and conference leaders, Jessica is securing space for championship experiences and academic success for on-campus student-athletes across the MAC and greater NCAA membership. Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. We interview women in the sports and entertainment businesses to teach you the tips and the mindset that will get you to the top faster. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. Let's bring visibility to women who are crushing it in their roles. Join us week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. We will lead you forward because leadership is female. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast. Jessica Grasso, we are so excited to have you tell us who you are and what you do. Thanks, Emily. I'm really excited to be here today. Um, you have know, heard a lot about your show and the other people that have come before me, so I'm very delighted to be here. And uh, yeah, I'll just jump in. And as you mentioned, I'm, I'm Jessica Grasso. I'm the Deputy Commissioner at the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. So I'm also the CFO and the Senior Women Administrator here at the organization. It is a really big title, and I think we all uh, are aware of the MAC conference and seeing you as a leader uh, at the top is very exciting, and I can't wait to learn more. So can we start out by learning how how did you get there? Sure. I mean, I'm in my, gosh, 20th year, and I it's flown by in some respects, but other times it's been a slog. Uh, I was a former student athlete. I played basketball in college and I knew I wasn't going pro, but I wanted to stay in the atmosphere. And, and prior to that, I had a, an opportunity to do an internship with the Women's Sports Foundation. Um, and through there, I made a lot of connections and friends. And a lot of them were going on into professional or athletic organizations. And that's when it kind of like dawned on me that, hey, I really want to work in college athletics. Um, I'm not going pro. I want to work in it. And um, then I, I sought the opportunities to figure out exactly what do I need to do to get my foot in the door, to get the education, the experience. So I went back to, I got my master's in sports administration. I volunteered. I tried whatever I could do. I coached. I was a GA. I did an internship um, at St. John's University just to figure out, you know, where would I like to go in, in this space of uh, sports. But like anything else, it all, it all doesn't happen right away. Um, I actually had to go into the, I don't want to say non-athletic world of, and got a, get a job there, just get out of the house. Um, but ultimately, I was exposed again to an opportunity where I met um, one of the athletic directors at the Metro Atlantic, made a connection, big network opportunity, indicated my desire to get into college athletics. And then from there, um, this internship happened at the MAC or, or fellowship, which we still have now. Um, I applied, I became a fellow, and that's where I really got my foot in the door. And it was, uh, it was in compliance and not everybody goes in that world. But I said, you know what, this is, this is how I'm getting in. This is, you want to get in, this is how you get it. So I, I got the opportunity. I was actually here as a fellow 20-ish years ago. Um, 
and was here for, for that duration. And then I had the opportunity to go on campus at one of the schools. I worked at St. Peter's at the time college, now it's university. I was there for almost two years, kept going with my career and I had the opportunity to go to Providence College, similar role. Uh, so with each role that I took on, I progressed with responsibilities and duties. And after Providence, I went to American University in, in Washington, DC. Had a, had a great experience there and a lot of learning and same things, more responsibility. Um, but then the time came where I was, I kind of halted my learning and um, I needed something different. So the opportunity came back up at the MAC, um, where at the time my mentor, when I was a fellow, she was retiring, Barbara Church. And, you know, I, I reached out and I said, hey, you know, I'm interested. Can I hear more about it? It's a different side of college athletics that I'm not not involved in, but I want to try something new. So from there, I, I had the opportunity to, to speak with Rich Enzer, our current commissioner, um, and he, you know, brought me in, let me take the uh, take on the new role and um, become more involved in business and, and inside uh, internal operations and contracts and event planning and, and championships. So I've been in this role for eight years and been promoted uh, through it. And um, yeah, it's been great. I really like it. Um, our staff, our membership, collaborating with a lot of folks and the championship experience is what really drives me. The, the why of, of what I do is creating those positive experience for our student athletes, our coaches and our administrators. So, so hopefully that's a cliff notes for you, but <laughs> it's a lot, a lot in 20 years. It is. You did a great job really zooming through a amazing 20 year career <laughs> right there. Yeah. So, you know, I, you, you gave so much advice about, how to get started working in college athletics from internships to being a GA to volunteering. I heard a lot of moves. So you went from, you know, colleges and universities and, and kept making switches and changes in your career to continue to climb the ladder. Is that a path that women should expect to take if they are seeking a, a career in college athletics? I think you have to be open to it um, since the opportunities to work in college athletics, depending on your path, whether it's campus or conference, um, there's not as many, um, I guess, I don't want to say opportunities, but number of opportunities in that field. So you have to be able to move and moved around, but that yeah, I had to move in order to advance. I had to go where the opportunity was. So I think for someone that wants to get involved in, not saying it's the ultimate and end all, but if you want to advance and and get into those opportunities, you have to at least be open to it and be willing to try something new and and change and, and move if you want to advance, because it's, it is is tough in the sense of just not a lot of numbers of those positions. What do you think is the main difference between working for campus or now conference now with Metro Atlantic? You know, the big difference and and what was an adjustment for me was um, you don't see the athletes as much. And initially, that's why, you know, kind of got into it. Um, You're more in a, I don't want to say silo, but in an office setting, uh, more nine to five, but you go in ebbs and flows with your schedule. You're, we're event based, we're championship based. So, you know, we start to school, you're a little bit calmer than campus where, where the students are coming back. We're kind of just getting our, our foot under and ready for our fall championships. So it goes in waves around the championship season, fall, winter, spring. Right now we're starting up, ramping up into our spring season. So travel between now and the end of May will we'll be busy for, for our staff. So I think that's the biggest transition, the, the schedule, the you're not involved with student athletes directly. But ultimately what I like and what I enjoy is 
you know, they come to the championship, they have a great experience. And for us as a conference, um, we always win. Whatever team wins, we're excited for and happy for. Or on, 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 on campus, you're, you have your team, you want them to win. And when you, they don't, it's, it's sad and disheartening where, um, you know, we don't really, we get to, we get to win all the time <laughs> until we get to the NCAAs where we are competing with our conference. But those are, are a few of the main differences, really. That's such a good point. I love that. You get to win all the time. Um, yeah. but really, you're focused on on building the championship tournaments versus operating those seasons um, yeah. at, at the university. So what do you do in your role as deputy commissioner and CFO sure. at MAC conference? I, I am, I like to think I'm, I'm more the behind the scenes. So obviously anything financially related comes through my desk. Um, you know, paying for our officials, for things associated with the event, the vendors, the rental fees, the you know, space we need, um, our, all the NCAA grants that are, are come through our office to our member institutions. So anything that has a dollar next to it, you know, I, I oversee that and make sure it's delegated appropriately. Um, but I also internal ops, um, you know, umbrella oversight of staff, making sure championships run Obviously, part of finance is you, you need to know what's happening everywhere. So though we do have um, directors of certain sports and championships and we do have a COO, I ultimately still need to know where everything is and everything goes because the money comes <laughs> the money comes through here. So over uh, internal oversight, um, I also get the opportunity to work on bigger items with my boss, with the commissioner in regards to contracts, uh, working with different facilities and negotiations and looking and thinking strategically of ideas that will develop the conference um, as we move forward through the NCAA uh, Division One landscape. So, you know, there's things that are going to be coming up in the next couple of months that I get to participate in to put my thoughts and, and creativity towards. And he's allowed me to do that in, in many seats. So the range of my position is, is kind of very vast and, and large, um, which I enjoy. So never a dull moment, but um I would say, yeah, internal ops is, is the main nexus, but it's like you don't always see it, but it, but it's essential. It has to be done. It has to be there. I love in your description how you use the words get to do instead of have to do. That's a very important difference. And I hope our listeners heard that too. You, you say that you're leading collegiate athletic conferences beyond the W. What does that mean to you? It basically kind of what I touched on a little bit beyond the W, these, these things have to happen behind the scenes in order to make events be positive for our staff to run our events smoothly for the student athletes to get those experiences. So, you know, coaches, they focus on their, you know, their goal is to win. They got to win games and they go on to win games. So that's part of it. But in order for them to get there and, and experience those things, I need to be able to lead behind that W, behind doing those, getting everything situated behind the scenes in order for them to get to that experience. And, and it's more for what our organization provides. So I'm not out there coaching, but ultimately I'm making sure that stuff is run properly. Things are paid for, things are um, as best possible for the membership. So that's what I indicate when I, when I say leading beyond the W. Yeah, it makes all the sense in the world and just also such a good reflection back on the effort that it takes to pull these sporting events together. It's, it's a tremendous lift and it takes a lot of talented people to do so. It's a lot. And we, and you know, what's great. Um, 
not only do we do our like sanctioned um, NCAA championships, but we also take on other events. We'll, we'll go internationally. We've gone for basketball events. As, as I mentioned earlier, we do NCAA hosting. Um, so we're always looking to do a little bit more just to be part of that experience, to get our name out there. And it also allows the opportunity for our staff to experience other, other events that are out there, not just our traditional championships. What's your greatest college athletics moment as a leader? Oof. So I, I guess I would have to have, you know, I guess there's a few. 20 years, you're going to have to have a, a few uh, opportunities to experience those things. The one that I think about on, on campus really is I got the opportunity to um, oversee uh, American University volleyball team. And the coach at the time, Barry Goldberg, um, he was, he's wonderful. And it was more, I think I, I think I learned a lot more than, uh, than me teaching them or, or leading them. But in, uh, we, the team that went on to the 2000 and, um, I'm sorry, to the final 16. So the team really got into the NCAA championships. And for me to be along for the ride really was, was a great experience to be able to support them and, and kind of provide what was needed to get there. Um, like I said, it was more um, the coaches took the took the ship there, and I was just there for support. But just to be part of that because it's it's a huge accomplishment. You know, it was it was a great great moment or a great part of my career that I really I really think about and enjoy. So um, that's on the on the campus level, on our on our conference level. You know, it, it's creating the new programming for our membership. Um, we were able to with you know with some of the monies that we do receive from the NCAA. Um, creating some programming or since I'm a CFO and creating an investment plan that will be helpful for our membership um, to grow some interest <laughs> and to give back, to be able to utilize what we have and maximize it to that's potential. So I feel like in that area, same thing, it's another behind the scenes aspect where maybe you don't always see, but it's happening, it's there. And I know that it's being um, moved forward in, in a positive way. So, you know, there are a couple of things. And also one of the things I do really enjoy too, is that Throughout my career, I've had a lot of individuals either mentor, um, guide, they've been assistants, GAs, um, our fellows even here, to be able to see them moving on in their career and advancing. And now they're in you know, the thick of their career and, and doing a really good job. That makes me happy You know that they're, they're utilizing when they started similar, kind of like paying it forward when I was at that fellowship as well. And the people that assisted me along the way to, to give it back to them and to see them, you know, thrive in what they're doing. So a couple of a couple instances, like I said, it's over a long, long period of time. So I, I'm just happy to have a couple of those. And, you know, I'm sure there's all other little ones as well that, you know, it would take a while to, to review. <laughs> yeah, you can tell you take so much pride in your work and your career. And you're involved in several organizations, past and present, including the NCAA Division I Women's lacrosse committee, collegiate athletic association of New Jersey, women's leaders in college sports, NCAA D1 rowing committee, and a member of the NACDA. How do you decide what you get involved with and what do you hope to get out of your involvement? And finally, when do you know when it's time to move on? Sure. I, I enjoy those. Those are, so those are separate involvements and experiences I get to be in, to contribute to basically. Um, you know, right now I'm on the Division One Women's Across Committee. It's a great experience, learning experience. And I, I think, Emily, the biggest thing when I venture into these different uh, organizations is an opportunity for me to learn. So similar, I'm not just doing my day-to-day -day job. I want to keep growing in the athletic world. So this is just another 
branch of where I can I can learn and grow. So when I was on campus, I had the opportunity to oversee women's across. Um, and then when the opportunity to um, to fulfill the role on the committee opened up, I was all for it. I wanted to to get back involved in that sport um, and kind of utilize what I learned at the time to apply it to to what now I'm doing. Um, some of the other some of the other committees, um, it, it gets to the point where you know you you kind of know when it's time to go. You fulfilled your obligation, whether your term ends and you have no choice, or B, you've done what you wanted to do, and also you want to give that opportunity to someone else. So um, I try to make sure I balance it where I can give myself to that um, commitment, uh, as well as do my own job. So it is part of picking and choosing because I, I would love to do a lot of them, but there's only so many hours in the day. And uh, so right now my focus is with the women's across and, you know, they're ramping up and we're getting excited for the upcoming championships in the next few weeks. And, um, you know, I'll be on that committee for another year. And then after that, we will see what happens. Uh, I would definitely love to be involved in another, another committee of some respects, whether it's a, another sport or another oversight. Uh, I think that would be a, a good good opportunity for me to keep growing and, and staying, you know, always want to, always want to learn more. That's pretty much it. Yeah. You gave us some important reminders there, becoming a part of a committee with an opportunity to learn more and to grow, but also vacating your position when the time is, is right. And that allows that seat to be open for somebody else. So I think sometimes we can feel guilty for leaving a, a position or a volunteer role. And I think you really have to look at that as it was initially an opportunity for you and now it's an opportunity for the next person. So I think that's a really great reminder. Yeah, absolutely. What's the biggest hurdle that you've had to overcome in your 20 year career? I think the hurdle was transitioning from, from campus to conference. You know, prior to that, I would just move from different campus from one to another, and and it was similar, but you know, another layer of responsibilities was added. Where from campus to conference um, was was a challenge in the sense of it was just a whole new role, a whole new thing of of learning an area that that my boss had the confidence in me to do, and and I had the drive to hey, I'm going to take this on. This is new and and exciting. And I don't want to, I, I don't think of hurdle in like a bad way. It's just a new, a really new way to, uh, to work a position. So I think we talked about it earlier, you know, you're on campus, you have the student athletes and you're in more interaction, more engaging with, um, and even across campus with different departments, with uh, being a liaison to other areas. Uh, we're on conference, um, you are with your staff and you get to go out to the campuses sporadically and, and, and highs and lows with the championships. So I think that was more of an adjustment than, than a hurdle, but also the, the, um, the new way of stepping into this role, the CFO, the, the business, the, the money side of it was a big uh, new opportunity for me to learn and grow. So I think that was the, the biggest transition is, is just going from campus to conference. And I really do, I really do enjoy my conference life and not that campus isn't great. It was a great opportunity and it, and it built a foundation for me, but I, I, right now I thoroughly enjoy the conference life. Yeah. It's, it's probably just different walking into the building, your, your experience of going into what is as corporate, I guess, as you could get in college athletics, working on the conference side from you know parking on campus and walking among the students and and the athletes every day to your office among the arenas and um, you know venues at, at the 
at the university. Yeah, I miss that. Like, oh, we have a three o'clock soccer game. I'm going to leave my office and go watch, you know, and it's like, oh, volleyball's tonight. I'm staying late and I'm watching, doing volleyball. And, you know, I don't have that here with the, you know, drive to our our campuses to do that. So, um, you know, just taking that break in the afternoon to to go cheer on your team. I I do miss those little, you know, that part of it too. But, um, you know, every, every position is a new, uh, new opportunity for you. Certainly. And how much do you think that willpower and confidence, self-confidence have played into your success during the the lifetime of your career? I think it absolutely plays into it. Um, taking on the the chance and the, I wouldn't say risk, but putting yourself out there to apply for the next position, the next level up position where um, you know, you know, 75% of the position, but the other 25, you're going to, you're going to go and learn and, and you're going to say, Hey, I, I can do this. And, and I think with each one being able to have that, that confidence and, and the willpower to pursue it, um, definitely played into keep advancing. And even now when I take on these extra committees and, and areas where maybe I, I don't know everything, even though I'm at a senior level and then maybe I should know it all. I don't, I'm still learning in some respects, but it's just a push myself to do it, to like, learn something new. Um, and I, I think, I think that's important to have if you want to keep on growing and advancing up in the, in this world of college athletics and your administrative career. So, um, it's not always there. So I don't want to say I'm always full of, full of it. I would say a good amount of time and and, uh, most of the time I am, but, um, but I think it is important to have and be able to push yourself to, to do that in order to keep going up. I don't know about you, but I love learning more about myself. If there's a quiz out there to help me better understand who I am, I'll take it. If there's a journal prompt, I'm using it. But how about a business that helps female leaders communicate effectively while inspiring confidence and trust in those you want to impact? Sign me up. Breakthrough Brands is unlocking clarity for women leading progress. They build leadership brands for women to discover what inspires them, define what drives them, and unlock how to share their brands with others. Do you want to gain clarity on your personal brand? Shoot me a note at leadershipisfemale at gmail.com or on Instagram, and we will introduce you to the women who will help you unlock your leadership brand. That's breakthroughbrands.com. If you are listening to this podcast, I know you are a busy professional. We can agree we are always looking for products that are convenient and make life easier. Mobot water bottles are one of these products. It's a water bottle and a foam roller in one. I use the water bottle at the gym, staying hydrated in boot camp and then flipping the bottle on its side at the end of class to quickly foam roll my legs. It helps with recovery and gets me back to work faster. Get yours at mobot.com and use the code leadershipisfemale, all one word, to get 15% off. Support Lonnie Cooper, the female founder of this product, and support yourself. This is a must-have wellness water bottle. At Leadership is Female, we are serious about supporting you in your career. That includes the tips to get you ahead inside your current organization or provide you with the next big opportunity in a new role. That's why we have partnered with Legacy Search, an executive recruiting firm specializing in mid to senior level executive searches across professional, collegiate, and minor league sports. Check out the openings listed at LegacySportsSearch.com or in our monthly Leadership is Female newsletter. 
Hint, if you have not signed up for the newsletter, head to leadershipisfemale.com. If you find a job listed at Legacy Sports Search that looks like it should be yours, email us at leadershipisfemale at gmail.com and we will introduce you directly to the opportunity. This is your career. Make the most of it. What do you think it is, is your personal key to bringing your best, most confident self when it's your first day? Like you, you have first days of your job, but then with your additional involvement, you have first days of the tournament. You have first days of the new committee that you joined. How do you show up on those first days? I show up excited. I show up open-minded. Um, I do, I, I like to meet new people. I like to expand my network. So, um, I, I, yeah, I think it's more full of excitement than nervousness, um, that you're going to be put in a room with other individuals that are there for the same, same intent, same goal. Um, whether it's a committee, whether it's one of our events, you know, even the events, it's like all the work built up to that, you know, I'm going to the excited and ready to put on this, um, this championship hoping we did everything we could to prepare. Um, but then also if something should pop up, we're able to circumvent it and, and minimize any, any issues. But yeah, I think going into those certain things of, of being, we talked about being confident, uh, being excited and, and it all goes back to like another learning opportunity. I, I, that's, you know, I, once I know that I hit my plateau in any position and it's time to, to move on, you know, I, I seek for that next, next moment or next, um, opportunity for to keep advancing because that's ultimately that's what gets me going and what keeps me moving in my professional career is just making sure there's something that's challenging to growth and, and to learn more. How do you balance being a partner and a leader? And is that your leadership philosophy? And if so, how did you develop it? They're talking about partner in regards to my spouse, right? <laughs> well, so I think at, let's let's talk both because okay. we got to get into the personal side of things sure. because we are three sixty human. But but how do you be a good partner to your colleagues now yeah. that you're kind of at the top of the food chain? Yeah. How do you be a good partner with them, but also a great leader and really like leading, but still helping, supporting, encouraging uh, their growth and success. Yeah. And I, and I think it does, as you know, as you indicated, the leadership style or, or philosophy. So through the years, obviously, it, it's had to change. Um, you know, I'm going from being that director or entry level up to, to where I am now. And I think you have to have a mix in order to have a well-rounded leadership. So for me, obviously, um, you know, I work at a conference office and I work with, um, you know, our, our 13 individuals. You have to be collaborative. So working with them, being able to, to be a good partner with them and, and listening and engaging and, and not always having to be like, no, I'm, I'm, this is what I say, this is how it goes, to be able to accept their ideas and, and really use them to benefit. Because um, like anything else, it's the more ideas, the more that can be shared, you'll come up with the, the greatest output or answer or solve, solving the problem. Um, but then I also think at the time, there is an opportunity where a decision has to be made. And that's where it does come to the higher leadership. So I think part of leadership style is being able to make that decision. Because um, otherwise, we just can't keep floundering and, and going around in circles with ideas um, that has to get to a point. So I think that's part of the overall leadership style. And then, you know, as we talked about with some young folks coaching, you know, that and what I enjoyed 
doing that was so to, to bring them along to more to be mindful to educate as opposed to um this is how it's done like this is how it's done with an explanation make sure they're they know for the next time to do it differently um so it's to be able to have the patience and foster them along and let them grow um so i think it's it's a culmination of of the leadership style and by those are the three main things that i seem to to work with me right now um given my position and, and my the individuals that i work with so um yeah I, I think it's just identifying it and then when you get in the next position it might change it might stay the same but it could change because you're maybe advancing even further and then in a different type, type of seat that you're sitting in so yeah what you said there that it's it's collaborative until the decision needs to be made and then that's the job of the leader and all, you know, you hope that that collaboration will lead to an easier decision-making process, but you're the one who's got to pull the trigger. And that that's really what makes a leader and then, you know, standing behind that decision-making. So I love what you said there. And I also love that you brought up to your husband. So yeah. what's it like to be, or how do you balance being a, a great partner at home when you have this big job and this big role? Yeah, it is. It is crazy. Um, and we do have a toddler and he doesn't have a traditional nine to five job. So um, we we work together. We manage our schedule. We sit down and say, what do you got on the on the docket this week? Um, who has who gets to pick up our daughter, who drops her off? Um, so I think um, working with him and, and he's a great supporter for for my career and, and he enjoys the events that we get to do sometimes. Um, but same thing, you know, same thing in all work. You're collaborating at home. You're making sure stuff gets taken care of. It might be laundry as opposed to uh, strategic planning here, but uh, it's the same. It's the same um, teamwork that we do at home um, that happens here as well. So, you know, not not all. It's always uh, you always have your uh, issues that you run into both at work and personal, but nothing nothing tragic. It's just you know we we realize it and we work through it, and um, you know we support each other, and that's what's helpful in this type of position. Um, with my, my husband, my daughter, and my family and friends, they're very supportive of myself in this position and my and any type of advancement. So they get it and they they know that I want to keep on um, leading and, and achieving. So it's helpful to have that foundation at home to be able to rely on and feel comfortable that I can I can go ahead and go after this stuff. Yeah, well, and an understanding of your goals. It sounds like you're really clear with what you want from your career and your family is, is right there in your corner cheering on your success. So you gave us a little bit of insight, but what is life like for you in Edison, New Jersey? Sure. It's, it's busy. Like I said, we have a, a little bit of a crazy schedule and then you throw on the ebbs and flows of, of the work here at the conference. Um, but right now we are doing well. My husband, he actually works in golf operations. So he's a sports person as well. So, but his schedule is a little crazy. So at home, we are, um, I'm working, he's working, our daughter goes to daycare on weekends, we do swim lessons, um, we try to get out to the parks as much as possible. Um, we also have the, the advantage of family in the area. So we have a lot of family in the area that's uh, get to see and visit. So, you know, every week is different. <laughs> There's always something that comes up, but you know, life is good. I, you know, we really enjoy it. Um, goes back to having that, that family connection and, um, you know, my daughter's young. So each, I feel like each, every couple of months, something's different and, it, and it's a new, um, new adventure for her. So that's, that's kind of fun to experience that. So, you know, it's, it's been, it's been great. So life is, life is doing really well and, uh, enjoying and, 
Yeah, I love it. It's going good. Good. And that's, you know, every week being different is a good thing. It's, it allows your brain to expand and to grow when you're not stuck on the hamster wheel. And I think that's often what sports and a career in sports provides is, is a break from monotony because you're always working on something different. You know, the next event is coming up, a new person is coming in and it's, it's exciting. And I can, yeah. I can hear that for you and um, love that you're in the toddler stages. Yeah, it's a new adventure. Go all over the place, but yeah, I'm just trying to keep up. <laughs> yeah, they're little bosses uh, yeah. as soon as they can say their first word. That's that's for sure. That's true. <laughs> so final four questions okay. for you. Uh, number one, what is your best piece of advice for women to apply today to level up tomorrow? I think they need to be open and take on the new opportunities. I think putting yourself out there and being open to try new things um, will, you know, it'll, it'll not challenge you, but it will see what you can take on or also open you up to things you might like. So I think having that open mind, trying new things um, and then, you know, putting yourself to go out to speak to that person, make that connection. Hey, can we get a cup of coffee? Can we talk? And, you know, in this, in this atmosphere, um, people are willing to help each other. So when I have young folks reach out to me, like, Hey, can I just talk to you for 15 minutes? And I'm like, sure. I was in your shoes. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go talk. So I think by making that connection and encouraging people to go out and and build your network, um, I think that's very advantageous. It's always good to have those folks in, in your back pocket and supporting you and, and vice versa, you supporting them and being able to help it. Cause you know, everybody's in that shoe, those shoes one days and they just want to help each other out um, and pay it forward. Where are you traveling to next? I have the upcoming um, NCAA women's across uh, selections sh- uh, Sunday coming up in early May uh, between now and then we have a couple of championships that are local, but the big travel will be out to Indy uh, in early May to uh, review those teams and, and see who's placed and uh, who's going forward in the championship. So that'll be exciting. What's that process look like? It's uh, it's a lot of, I mean, we go through our, our weekly rankings right now. It's a lot of analysis, a lot of reviewing. Um, we also go through their RPIs. Uh, it, it's and, and just conversation, you know, what kind of schedule are the teams playing? How are who are they winning against? Who are they losing against? You know, significant wins, significant losses. Um, Cause it gets to the point where some of the teams are so close and, you know, they're, they're right there next to each other. And, you know, you, what you decide upon could keep a team in or out. So it's huge. And, you know, we don't, we don't take that decision lightly. It's, it's a lot of making sure we have our support documentation to, you know, put this team out there. So um, it'll be exciting. Uh, that does get a little nerve wracking because it's, it's on you to be part of that group to, to make that decision. But um, I think it'll be fun. You know, it'll be a good opportunity. And, and then from there, being able to actually watch the tournament um, progress will be, uh, you know, fun to do as well. Talk about next level decision-making what, what you've got to do on that selection Sunday. Yes. Yes. Making sure you have your ducks in a row because there's a lot of teams out there that are deserving of this opportunity and you, you only have one, one chance to get it right. So, you know, it might take a couple hours, a lot of hours and a lot of deliberation, but 
you know, just like all the other championships, you just want to make sure you have uh, the appropriate teams out there. So what is your pump up song? You're getting pumped for selection Sunday. What are you listening to in the hotel before you head over? You know, I think it's, I, you know, when you think of the pump up song, it's like getting ready for a game and stuff. The one that I've been using lately um, is Katy Perry Rise. Um, it's a little bit slower paced, but I, it's just like the, the bass in it is profound and I, I just love it. So that's my, my current go-to song. If I need to really get myself uh, motivated and, and push myself to get to the, wherever I need to go or project, but yeah, that's my, my Katy Perry rise. <laughs> what is your favorite quote? Uh, I kind of alluded to it. I think it's, um, and I've seen this across and I always think about it myself. It's push yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. I mean, ultimately you have to be able to get up early to work out, get up and do that project, put yourself out there, make that call to other folks. So um, it's really just about you know, having the motivation, which we talked about earlier to, to push yourself forward and, and take on those opportunities. Well, Jessica, this has been a really, really good conversation and you've put out so many great reminders for us. I think your favorite quote wrapped it up perfectly that you have to push yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. So thank you so much for being part of the Leadership as Female podcast. And we look forward to cheering you on in your career. Thank you, Emily. It's been great to be here. Loved having the conversation. And um, yeah, I look forward to your future podcasts as well. With that, let's get into the top four takeaways. Number one, go beyond the W. Consider how you are impacting the lives of those around you with your work and derive meaning from your influence rather than the wins. Number two, when you leave an organization, you give the opportunity to someone new to take your place. Number three, as a leader, you have to be comfortable making decisions practice decisiveness. And number four, be open and take on new opportunities. It's the best way to grow. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Time is your most precious resource and it means the world that you spent it with us. Please help us reach more people who need to hear these interviews by hitting the subscribe button and the five-star rating on your iPhone. Do you know someone who could benefit from this interview? Please share it. Take a screenshot and post your Instagram stories, copy the link and share on LinkedIn, or text that link to your colleague. The Leadership is Female podcast exists to showcase female leadership in sports and entertainment and give you the tips to level up. We will extend a hand back to lead you forward. Extend the same hand by sharing this with someone who needs to hear it. One last thing. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Leadership is Female. Now take this lesson and run. Let's go. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus and distributed by Anchor FM.